You know how to whistle, don't you? Just put your lips together and blow. From the hip. Okay, recording now. Episode on wellness. Hey, Mish, how are you? I'd have to say I'm well, Kath. I'm actually weller than I've been for my whole life. Well, that's great to know because today we're talking about wellness. Isn't that funny? What a segue. God, we're that clever, aren't we? I better ask how you are then, Kath. (laughs) Well, I'm okay too, Dale. Thank you. I'm feeling good. I am missing uh, a couple of my routines in lockdown, but that's okay. We get over it. We're Mm. Victorians. Mm. It'll come good. Mm. We're so practised now, aren't we? Oh, I know. Which is not to say that you don't get hit over the head with this ennui. No, I just get tired. I just get exhausted. Mm. Well, but that's a thing. That's another app, you know, lockdown. We're not going to whinge. No, we are not. We're not whingers. No, we are not. Mishy, what do you define as wellness? How does it mean to you? Well, it's funny, a wellness, because I think it's almost become a bit of a term. Mm. But if we take that apart, should we say well-being instead, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. It's actually about a balance. Yeah. And it's a balance of your mental and physical health. Yeah. Which is not always easy to achieve. Yeah. Um, Definitely, as we grow older... I feel there is more capability of keeping one's mental stability because we just take more hold of it and then the body sort of starts to fall apart. I know. So so not a choice. No. And also I could lose ten kilos and create a bit of nice space for the joints as yeah. they get older but yeah uh, but you, you know go, what would you say your happy, ratio happy. is of mental versus physical at the moment, how do you achieve balance? Because I agree, I think life's about balance, to be mm, honest. Mm. I'd go mental over physical, but I'm not, that's probably because I'm not such a physical person. If I was had been a physical, sporty person through my life and focused much more on that. Mm. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm physical in that I like to get out into the air and feel the elements and I like to, I really like to feel strong. Yeah. So I like my body to be strong. Yeah. I do Pilates once a week. I yep. have a dog who I walk. Yeah. But I'm not a runner. I'm no. not a gym person. I've never been a gym person. No. And so again, you know, referring back to the kilos, like if I'm healthy in my mind and my mental scope. Yeah. They don't really matter that much. What yeah. about you? The way that I achieve balance is through yoga really Mm. and I've been Mm. doing you know I've had a regular yoga meditation practice now for about five years Mm. and that's just rocked my world yeah and you know I was always a bit spooky I don't mind a bit of you know I love um but yoga for me is all of those things and Mm. I feel strong you know my body's strong because you're holding your own Mm. weight and god knows that's a challenge well and also like let's go to the essence of all that is breathing oh Whatever, yeah. however woo you are or not woo, yeah. the, you know, and do you find, I don't know if you're a person like this, but you might be concentrating on something and you actually acknowledge that you haven't breathed, yeah. taken a breath? Only a few times and only in the last couple of years. And one of them was the other day I was out for lunch with a mate and I was sitting there and I realised that I was holding my breath and for a moment I forgot how to do it. 
mm. which was pretty scary. Mm. So I actually breathed out through my nose and kind of reset, if you know what I mean. Mm. It was really weird. Mm. And it's happened to me a couple of times where I've actually got to really concentrate on getting back into a rhythm. You're busy getting a life. They're busy living it. Kath and Mish from the hip. Ah. Hmm. I would I would actually ideally like to carry that uh, the practice that I have at Pilates yep. through my day to day. I'd love to yep. be one of those people who go, "Oh yeah, that was such a great exercise. I benefited so much from that." I'm actually going to do it every day, but I don't. Yeah. And I know I won't. Well, that's interesting because I do meditate every day. I don't go to mm. yoga every day. I, I go to yoga about three or four times a week when I can. And if you notice that's behind... Yeah, I know. Mm. And behind you, there's a sign up in my little office here that says Kath's Mantras is Meditations. And I can look at those and say them off by heart a few times a day and just reset my thinking. So you're ra- you'd say your regimes are meditation yoga? Yeah. Do you have other health oh, regimes? Yeah, yeah. I walk the dog yep. and stuff. And I would like to get back into Pilates and stuff. It's all just time. Yeah, it is. You and know, then you prioritise. And like you, I've mm. never been a runner. I did go to gym for a long time. I did Pilates for 15 years. Mm. So, you know, but I'm, I'm a bit of a lazy bone, to be honest. You mm. know, I don't want to get up at six o'clock in the dark. Tell scared. me your favourite form of exercise, Kath. <laughs> Yoga. Mish. Really? Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> okay. That is completely That's another episode. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's funny. You need to be strong, don't you? You do need to be yes, strong. Yes, you do, and flexible, I find. Throughout your whole body. Yes, that's exactly you right. Do. And you you, you've got to get your mind right, I tell you, when you're a single woman, bloody hell. You do. So has your health been pretty stable over the years? Have you had any health crises in your life? Oh, uh, I did have a health crisis a while back. I um, was about... I don't know, 40, maybe, 39, and I just had a thing. My mother died of breast cancer, and she got breast cancer at 38, and she was dead by 45. So that was pretty serious. Oh, and great. You know, she died at 45 years of age. So I mm. just – I had a feeling in my body, which was crazy, and I just thought, I've just got to go and get this checked out, just intuition. So I went to my GP, and then I went and saw a, a breast specialist and surgeon – who'd also looked after our dear friend Kylie Minogue, so me and her, Mm. same Mm. woman, amazing. Mm. And we did all the scans and everything and she found this literally subterranean lump in my breast that I would never have found on my own. Mm. So I was pretty glad that I'd gone and checked it out and then she said, let's just whip it out. Well, that was horrendous. And then waiting for the results was the Mm. worst thing. And it came back and it was fine. But what that meant is I now have a very regular breast practice because of my history with my mum. And I went and saw a genetic counsellor and I did all of those things. And I, I have annual mammograms and I see her twice a year. Mm. So, and But, you know, I started doing that at 39 or 40. So that was good. Uh, you know, I've had a little melanoma removed. I've had a couple of little other bips and bobs. But nothing major. Mm. Diverticulitis, I have had that. That's put me in hospital. What is that, Kat? Oh, it's an inflammation of the bowel. Let's not go there. It's hideous. Mm. It's bloody painful, though. That's I'll give you the tip. Word. Yeah, I, I know. And, like, it's, and it's it. not supercalifragilistic expialidocious, I can tell you. Mm. 
Well, we've got a guest coming in today. Great. I know. A very, very old mate of mine. Who, it's nice to have a guest. I know. I love having guests. Mm. Better than us just banging on. Banging on. The oh. whole session. <laughs> Shall we get her in? Let's get the expert. Welcome Hi. to From the Hip, Kate. Hi, Kat. Thanks for having me. Hi, Mish. Hi, Kate. <laughs> oh, for my coming. God, we're so excited you're here. Nice to be here. Thank you. Kate, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. You and I have been friends a long time. I've been a nurse for even a longer time. Yeah. And then a few other a few years ago, I decided to do a bit of a about turn. Kept doing nursing, but decided to go back to uni and study counselling. Well, we might get to the counselling in a minute. What we really wanted to talk about today was sort of women's health and wellness. Sure. And maybe you could tell us what women in their fifties should be doing. Where's the yeah. checklist? Absolutely. I sort of think our health, it's more about health and well-being, really. Mm, you know, we get to that. 50. Yeah, it's just, yes, there's the wellness, but this mm. is really about your well-being. Wellness so is the bang word, isn't it? It bit? is, mm. absolutely. There's been a few of them around in the last couple of years, but mm. it's more about really your health. So when we get to this age, thinking about what things we need to be checking and looking at to make sure that we're healthy and that if something does come up that we're getting on top of it early. Yep. So there's a few little things. The, probably the biggest thing is making sure you've got a good GP, I think, yep. at this time in our lives. You know, perhaps before now we haven't, a lot of us haven't needed them, but having that good GP. So if something doesn't feel quite right, you can, you've got that person to go and see and to be able to, you know, just make an appointment and say, hey, I found this little thing on my boob or I found this little thing on my vagina. What's going on? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, Kate, in, in terms of order of priority or not necessarily, just, you know, a checklist, what mm, are the sure. things, what parts of our body should we really be focused on at this stage? So the big four are probably the main ones is um, obviously our breasts. And this goes yep. for men as well. Um Breast cancer, as we know, is a, is a big issue. And um, as we get older, our breasts change with hormones and yep. all those changes we have with perimenopause and menopause. So definitely our breasts, our cervix with our cervical screening. Yep. And as you girls know, when you turn 50, you get that fantastic poo test in the mail, which yeah. is happy birthday. I <laughs> know. Oh, That's a beautiful gift, isn't it? it is, the gift that keeps is. on giving. And tell me about that though, Kate, because I didn't do the first one, then I got another one and I did yeah. do it and it was yeah. actually pretty simple and easy. Yeah. What does that show up? So what it actually is, um, there's a bit of misconception. People think that it, if it comes back as a positive test, you've got bowel cancer, and that's not actually it. What's, what it's testing for is little tiny bits of blood in your poo. Yeah. So blood in your poo can happen for a whole lot of different reasons. You mm -hmm. might have a hemorrhoid. You might have a bit of a anal tear if you've got constipated. You might have diverticulitis. There's a whole lot of different things that come up. Yeah, right. So if you do it, which you should be doing it every two years. If it's positive, then that goes to your GP and then you have a conversation with your GP about the best way to follow up. So yep. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's cancer or that it's anything really serious, but it just means you need to be checked out. I've got an admission to make that both of mine have gone in the bin. Yeah. Um, so I'll wait for the next one, which will be, what, a couple of years now? Yeah, it mm -hmm. will. But in saying that, if you're worried about anything, 
So if your bowel pattern changes or there's blood in your, ba- your poo that you can mm, see, give your GP a call and yeah, just absolutely. have a chat with them. But absolutely, every two years, we're actually really lucky. Every two years for our poo and every five years for our cervix, we get a government reminder, which is pretty mm. good, I think. And what else is on that list, Kate? Would, is there something else? Yeah, you- so the other big one, of course, is our skin. You know, yeah. I think we're all from that mm. era where we didn't wear sunscreen and we baked out in the sun and that's all starting to show up in our skin now sure is it sure does the baby oil teenagers i never did that because i've got such fair skin and mm. i couldn't do it so oh. but friends of mine who were big sun lovers gee they're struggling now well yeah. and we grew up on copper tone six yeah <laughs> Well, that, yeah. Lucky it yeah. even had a number in it, mm. I would have yeah, thought. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what are we up to now, like the 50s? and 50s. You know, it's yeah. hard to find a 15 now. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. And even, you know, moisturisers and skincare have sun protection. And our makeup as well, yeah. which is great. Yeah, that's right. Any other sort of good practices we should be undertaking? Yeah, all those good things like checking your breasts, a really good place to do that's in the shower. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're soap and you're all wet and you can have a really good feel around, really checking for anything that's different, getting yep. to know your body yep. really well, knowing if there's a new little lump or bump, you know, if your breasts have got a bit of skin puckering or inverted nipple that wasn't like that before, yep. if you've got a new skin lump or bump that doesn't look quite right I think the best thing is to get to know your body really well and if you're worried just give your GP a call and just say hey listen I need you to check this out for me because I found that a bit more difficult as a single woman now because you know normally your partner would say oh you've got something on your back or we need to check that out and that's certainly how I've had some of my moly things off my back removed attractive Mm. as that sounds and (laughs) the other thing I recently did in in my 50s well certainly last year is I went and did the you know 100 kilometre service and I did all of those things so I'm very proud to say I checked all of those things off the list and the interesting thing is the more you look for the more you find exactly but you know I figured that and I'm sure you would say this too Mish that it's better to know than not know because then you can deal with it it's always better to know absolutely and it can be a bit scary if you find something that's not quite right like yeah. you sort of think, oh, my God, you know, it's pretty much human nature to think the worst and that's why you just got to get to the GP, get someone to have a look with, mm. you know, the proper equipment and they can ease your mind or say, okay, well, yeah, this is a little bit sus, let's get that sorted out now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got, can I just add admission number two for the evening? Oh, yes. But um, <laughs> I'd never done a skin scan before yep. and, yes. in fact, my waxer of 20-odd years noticed something on the back of my mm. thigh. And so off I went for the scan and then they promptly sent me to a dermatologist and she whipped the corkscrew method out and sent it off for biopsy and came back and and said in that, I could tell her head was on the side, which we've talked before about when bad (laughs) news is delivered, that I have to tell you it's a melanoma. Wow. Um, At which point I actually wasn't that phased because... She said that she'd got it, but she had to um, then do an additional cut. Yeah. And really the only pain in the bum was that I went back to Pilates too quickly and tore the wound. And so it was yeah um because i i had a melanoma removed off my shoulder too and i was mm. furious because i said to the guy listen there's only one part of my body that i actually like and it's my yoga shoulders and you're about to fuck them up and he said i'll be as tidy as i can be so he was and but i was a bit nervous about that yeah you were yeah you were a little bit freaked weren't you? but it's a, a lovely scar cath and yeah. you can thank now him tell the tale oh because yeah. i threatened him with death virtually but the <laughs> other thing i think the message in is all that is get to you know have a very strong relationship with your wax 
Yeah. <laughs> Wax is going to see lots of bits that you can't Honestly, see. No, she was, had it not been for her because, oh, true. you know, the boyfriend hadn't noticed. Yeah, what, mm. yeah he's obviously well. focused elsewhere. <laughs> I think that is such a great message is get to know your body and it's and you know at our age don't be afraid of your body don't be afraid to feel the bits and wonder yeah. what that little lump's doing and yeah. It's not just a visual thing, it's actually a tactile thing. Very much. And obviously we know all the, you know, the wellbeing stuff around diet and exercise, you know, and people run and walk. I mean, Kate, you're a mad walker. Yeah. How many steps do you do a day? Oh, a lot. But it is that you can just start with walking if you're not into sport or running or gym or whatever. Just get out there and walk. Yeah. Just walk around the streets and Mm. look at pretty houses. I, I, you know, I never have my headphones in when I'm walking because I quite like looking at people's gardens and sort of being present in nature. It's, that's a nice yeah. thing too. Yeah, that's absolutely. good. So, Kate, tell us a bit more about Bloom Counselling. You obviously went back and retrained, which is wonderful. Tell us why you started that. I suppose, Kath, as you know, both my mum and my sister had cancer and obviously I work as a cancer nurse as well. So um, I've been doing that for a really long time and I just noticed that there's a really big gap in the market for support specifically around cancer and carers. Mm. So my business focuses, whilst I do counselling for anxiety and loss and bereavement and adjustment, I do have a focus on um, cancer support and life-limiting illness support as well. So things like motor neurone disease, Mm, um, early-onset dementia, all of those sort of things, well, any dementia really because, you know, it's really about those huge losses that people experience and Mm -hmm. support for carers is a huge thing that's just not really addressed. So I've got to say, as you know, Kate, my mum died of cancer when, I was 21, she was 45, mm. she'd had breast cancer since she was 38 and there was no counselling for anyone. No. I mean, the poor woman was a single woman. I think I was 15 when she was first diagnosed. I was still at school. I had to learn how to cook, you know, because chemo and stuff, she'd come yeah. home and she'd be a wreck. But there was no counselling for anyone. Yeah. I mean, it just wasn't even considered, really. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hospitals do a great job with their psycho-oncology units, but I think there's just so much support that's needed out there. There's so many layers of complexity and issues that come up that, you know, you can never have enough people out there doing it, I don't think. And especially with, you know, obviously the patient themselves who's going through a hideous, you know, roller coaster mm. ride, but, you know, partners and kids yeah. and, I mean, that's a yeah. massive loss, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I think one thing carers take on a massive responsibility Mm. and you know the patients themselves have a lot of care with going and seeing the nurses the doctors and are really well supported hopefully in that space but the carers don't often get that and and kids Mm. too you know having a couple of um I see a couple of kids whose parents have got cancer and that whole way a kid adjusts to that sort of thing is very different as well and, and as you both illustrated too, I mean, the journey is often years and so the mm. carer is so focused on that journey alongside the person suffering and then yeah. the person who's ill goes and so then you're just left with this massive wake. Yeah, and, that's mm, it. Yeah. You know, suddenly, A, they've gone, you're, you're grieving but also you've been in this habit of yeah. tending and, and caring for so long. So 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know, know it's tricky because yeah. I, I I know Kate, you did a lot with with your mum and your sister. I mean, obviously, I'm not a nurse, but I did spend the last three months at home with my mum because I could because my dad yeah. decided to help me financially and my boss was open to me just sort of taking a sabbatical for as long as it took and I've got to say that was probably the greatest three months of my life mm, because you know, whilst the mm. roles have reversed so you know mm. mother becomes child almost yeah it taught me about compassion and I think that's you know that's a life skill really yeah, knowing that definitely. what you're capable of really is kind mm, yeah definitely and also there's a lot with survivors of cancer as well you know they get to the end of treatment and they've had all the check-ins every couple of months and then all of a sudden the doctor says to them well you're fine now you're great off you go so everyone says to them oh you're finished you must be so relieved that's great you look great and meanwhile the poor person's falling apart because they've just been through this hugely traumatic time yeah and that's quite often when people do fall into a bit of a heap because they've been holding their shit together for so long and mm. also, you know, there's that ongoing scans every six months yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I know from a, a friend of ours that the mm. anxiety, anxiety that that creates in the lead up to that scan because mm. her thinking is that the further away she gets from her original diagnosis, the more likelihood is that it's coming back. I mean, that just mm. messes with your mind, right? Absolutely, it does, yeah. And, you know, being able to talk to someone, I think what I find is, you know, a lot of people – go and see a psychologist or a counsellor which is brilliant I'm all for it Mm. but a lot of the time people that have got cancer or an illness spend a lot of time explaining what the illness is and that's Mm. that's not why they go to counselling that's not their job so you know they can come to me I get what they're going through I understand the medical terminology and their cancer and the scans and everything so they can just talk about what they need to talk about. Yeah, and what's going on for them and yeah. how they're feeling. That's what yeah. it's about, right? Yeah. Hey, do you come across many people who, say, do the Ian Gawler method or who abstain from medical intervention for their treatment? Unfortunately, actually, Ian Gawler Foundation's closed down now. Oh, it's it's oh, all no. finished. But there's certainly people that do try anything and everything they're desperate and they're Mm. absolutely wanting Mm. to do anything they can which I do understand I mean you know I come from obviously a medical background Mm -hmm. and I'm very much of the belief that conjunction you know doing western medicine with complementary therapies Mm, you know and as opposed to alternative therapies so Mm. you know we're talking complementary things like massage therapy or visualisation, all of Mm. those sort of things that Reiki, all of those sort of things that can be complementary. Well, Kate, that sounds amazing. We're we're almost out of time. But what we're going to do is we're going to put up some links on our website and on our site so that people can see where they need to go if they need some help. It'll obviously include your information about Bloom Counselling. So thank you for joining us on From the Hip today. Beautiful things doing, Kate. Oh, beautiful. Thanks. Now, Miss, you've just got to promise me you're not going to throw out your next bow kit. <laughs> I promise. But I, I've got a. Uh, I've got, I've got eighteen it. months now. I, I'll, I'll, I'll message you when I when it receives. Oh, please do. <laughs> please. We don't want any details about it. Thanks. Just ring up and get one for God's sake. No, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. Oh, <laughs> all right. Oh, all right thanks, lovely so to talk okay. with you, ladies. Thanks, honey. <laughs> okay. See you. See you. Bye. Bye. 
From the Hip is a weekly podcast featuring Kath and Mish for and on behalf of From the Hip Enterprises, recorded in the studios of From the Hip. You can subscribe and find more episodes of From the Hip at fromthehip.live, on Instagram at fromthehip underscore podcast, search for From the Hip on Facebook, and download wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. Until next time, stay fine, stay fearless, stay hip. All right. All right, Del. Well, beautiful to see you. I'll see yeah, you next week. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Bye.